Hello and welcome to this special bonus podcast brought to you by Creative England. Some of the biggest challenges producers face are getting the exposure their film requires. Convincing financiers to back it, sales agents to sell it, distributors to acquire it and even getting festivals to screen it. This episode is all about film sales, distribution and festivals landscape with a focus on Market Trader, a development programme from Creative England. Market Trader is an intense development course for producers and what we aim to do through that is give an insight into how the international film market works and when producers are at an international market, how they can best conduct business there. If you've been listening to the iFeatures podcast, you'll know that in the last episode, the producers on the iFeatures programme were recently exposed to a whole world of responsibilities beyond just the physical production of a film. And while they were attending a producer's lab in Shoreditch, Across the other side of London were a group of 10 industry executives attending some workshops of their own. The participants of this year's Market Trader. My name's Lynn Waite. I run Early Day Films and the project that I've been working on is called Bait. I'm Ryan Bennett. I work for Lionsgate. I'm an international sales coordinator. My name's Rob Alexander. I work for a production company called Perfect Motion and I'm here with a project called Goats and Sheep. My name's Anna Griffin and the project I've got at the moment is very much ready to start packaging, start going out and start enticing people. Market Trader is a programme designed by Creative England to equip participants with the knowledge and support they need to understand the film market better. The programme invites producers based in the English regions outside of London and junior executives working in sales and distribution to apply and learn these key skills to help sell your film, plan and target international festivals and markets to come away with the best possible results. So I'm Hayley um, and I'm the Programme Manager for Content and Enterprise at Creative England. Hayley sat down with me to talk through the details of how the programme is run. Market Trader is now in its fourth iteration, so we've run this for five years now and we've supported nearly 40 producers through the programme. And our aim really through the programme is to help producers navigate the market whilst they're there and to, to conduct the business and the deals whilst they're there as well. We spend a lot of time looking at what market is best for the producer's slate, who they should be targeting for meetings. Um, we give them intros to the UK sales companies and distributors so that they can get a really good sense of what things look like from the other side of the fence and what those people are looking for in terms of projects. And what's really important is that the producers understand what's a good deal and what's a bad deal and how to close those deals when they're having those really great meetings at a market. We also spend a lot of time refining the producer's pitch and tailoring that to who they might meet at market. Ultimately, it's all about those producers basically refining their strategy so they've got a really good market strategy before they jump on a plane and go to market. And how we do this, it's quite intense. Market trader lasts just over four months so they have a four-day residential workshop at the very beginning where we really aim to give them a toolkit to optimize their time at market. The participants also get a mentor throughout the program and what we're leading to with kind of these workshops and the mentor support is that we take them on a supported visit to a market that's normally um, the European film market at Bowen Arley. 
Every February, the European film market in Berlin welcomes over 8,000 producers, buyers, sales agents, distributors and financiers to the first major film market of the year. It's here that our producers are looking to conduct business of their own. And there we have the mentors on hand and also the programme producers on hand so that, you know, they've got that support in terms of introductions to people, but also if they need to have some time with a mentor before they go into a meeting or once they come out of the meeting, they've got that little bit of support around them. Um, and really it concludes with a final day, a couple of months after market, where we review their experiences at market so that we can make sure that they're maintaining traction on any of the conversations, any of the meetings, and really they're really getting the, the most of that experience and getting prepared for the next market they'll go to. The current round of the Market Trader programme began back in November last year with a four-day workshop featuring sessions and talks with leading industry figures from the worlds of production, sales and distribution. The programme is co-produced by Julia Short and Beatrice Newman, two experienced and highly knowledgeable industry executives. They run a number of sessions tailored towards developing the skills required from producers looking to go to market with a feature, and each session is usually led by an industry expert who Julia and Beatrice have brought in to share their expertise with the group. One of the more interactive sessions the producers take part in encourages them to practice pitching their projects to the rest of the group. Also joining them to help guide and provide feedback were two mentors that have been assigned to the participants, producer Dermot Scrimshaw and Starline Entertainment's Director of Acquisitions, Piers Nightingale. So my name is Piers Nightingale and I'm Director of Acquisitions at Starland Entertainment. We're a London-based sales company, so we focus on the international sales of feature films, but also television. Um, I've been in the industry for about 18 years now and have seen it go through tremendous changes in that time. But it's always, you know, from my point of view, great to have a kind of an idea of, you know, what projects are out there. And, you know, frankly, being able to give back a little bit of what I know with films either still in development or completely packaged, producers need to be confident in taking their project to film markets and pitching them to a variety of different people. It might be to financiers to get the funding required for production. It might be to sales agents who can help them secure international distribution for the film. Presenting in public can be quite daunting though, and so learning the art of pitching your project is a valuable tool for producers looking to go to market with a little more confidence. And today has been my first day, actually. Today is the first session that I've had with my three mentees. And the exercise today was to sit around in a, in a circle uh, with the, the four of us, plus Julia, who um, was keeping time, and uh, for each mentee to exercise their pitch, actually specifically their two-minute kind of elevator pitch, which is a very artificial thing to do really it's not a natural thing to do and so one can feel very nervous and it's very easy to get bogged down by the details of the story but I think the way to look at uh, the two-minute pitch really is an opening to a larger conversation it's the opening gambit to a longer conversation that you can have with a distributor or a sales agent um, and you can go into detail but first of all you need to identify those salient points, those points that a distributor or sales agent before them can actually hang their hats on. And it could be a number of different things. It could be, uh, certainly at this early stage, it's going to be elements of the story, obviously. 
Um, but it's, it's something that does need preparation. And the other thing that's very important is always avoid reading anything in a pitch, you know, never read out a pitch. And a lot of the, the, the pitch is actually, it's kind of a performance. It's a necessary evil for uh, anyone who doesn't necessarily have that kind of onstage confidence. But you've got to get that, that one line absolutely down pat so that you can just knock it off at any time. So it was, you know, it was very interesting and I think very useful. And um, together, collectively, actually, we really came up with some very interesting feedback and uh, poor uh, mentees, you know, they were all recorded as they were giving their pictures, which is horrible. But, you know, I think it was an important thing to do because they can hear themselves back. Over the course of the four days, the participants attend a variety of sessions that delve further into the world of distribution. Film consultant Claire Crean talked everyone through the intricacies of deals and agreements with sales and distributor companies. Two representatives from the BFI took the participants through an overview of the current UK film business landscape. And there was also a talk on strategy for the International Film Festival circuit. This session was run by journalist, moderator and festival's consultant, Wendy Mitchell. So this is very much to help you guys kind of work out what might be the right festival stroke market launch for your film. And I'm going to hand over to you, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My name is Wendy Mitchell. I'm a journalist. I'm a contributing editor at Screen International. I also work now directly because you can't make a living being a journalist, people. So much like being a producer, you got to do something else too. So I also now work directly for a lot of film festivals. Uh, I work for festivals like San Sebastian, Zurich, Connext and Ghent, Gothenburg, CPH Docs. Yeah, I don't know which day it is or who I'm working for on any given day, but it's a really wonderful mix of people and festivals, so yeah. Wendy's session starts with a focus on getting British films in front of selectors for some key festivals via the British Council. Here's how British Council works with film festivals. So we do these festival selector screenings, which means we get the head of director's fortnight from Cannes to come sit in a BFI screening room for two days and we show him as many British films as he is physically able to watch. Anybody can apply to show their films to them. It doesn't have to be BFI backed. That's the reason the British Council does it instead of the BFI. You can make a film in your basement and you say, I want to show it to Cannes selectors and we show it to them. There's a small fee for this. It's usually less than what you would pay to submit to the festival. We just have to pay a projectionist and, and that kind of thing. So we do that for, not we anymore, they do that for, oh gosh, you know, Sundance, Berlin, Rotterdam, Cannes, Locarno, Carlo Vivari. There's a list on the website at film.britishcouncil.org. And like I said, anybody can apply to show your film. Everybody's got a fair shake and it's, such a great feeling when a film sort of does come out of nowhere. You know, it's not a film for film. It's not maybe got a big sales company on board yet, and they love it and they program it. That's like the highlight of British Council life. We do screening series like The Brits to Watch. I think that's with BAFTA. That was uh, sort of New York, LA. People like Carol Morley or Will Oldroyd with Lady Macbeth. Um, we also are a partner on, if you go to, you're going to Berlin, so the big UK film centre in Berlin at the, the big stand, uh, British Council is a part of that, helps to pay for that. You know, there's stands in Cannes, Berlin, various other, uh, Claremont Ferrand with short films. What they don't have time to do, and I certainly didn't have time to do, we can't really necessarily like watch your film 
on a link at home on the weekend and say, oh, here's the five festivals I think you should apply for, just because there's like 800 films, you know, the math doesn't add up for us to offer bespoke festival consulting. Um, I usually recommend people like Julia. <laughs> The group are also reminded of the huge array of international festivals out there for them to consider for their films. Wendy starts with the more prestigious, but is keen to remind them that they are not always what your film might need. Some of you are going to know quite a lot of this, so you know, I hope I'm not going too far down, but just to explain my A-list festivals. So you've got your sort of really top tier. Cannes, obviously. May, Toronto in September, Sundance in January, Berlin in February, Venice in August. And just to mention, you know, when we say can, it's actually quite confusing, and some of you will know this already. You've got the main official selection at Cannes, then you've got Cannes Directors Fortnight, which is run by a, a group of film directors who hire somebody. It sort of started in 68 with this revolution. Like, we're the counterculture to the main section. Um, really great programming there. You've got Cannes Critics Week, which is run by film critics. Um, and they, you know, having your film in Cannes competition would be the end all be all, but if you got into Cannes Directors Fortnite, it might even be better sometimes than being in the, the main selection. So just something to keep in mind. And you can't just submit your film to Cannes. You submit your film to main competition or to main selection. You submit your film to Directors Fortnight. You submit your film to Cannes Critics Week. They don't watch films together. You have to pay three separate times to submit. You know, I think in 2016 I heard that 200 British features had submitted for the main competition in Cannes. I mean, that year there were maybe 10 who had an outside chance of maybe getting into Cannes. Cannes has a certain expectation of what is a British film. I mean, 99% of the time, that's going to be something backed by the BFI and Film 4 with a name director, a name cast. And it, but you know what? It, it doesn't matter if you have a Cannes film. Cannes can be the worst thing for some films. So I'm going to go back through those other lists. But just to say, be realistic. Show, show your film to people who know who've been to going to Cannes for 30 years. Cannes is the top for a certain kind of film, but it shouldn't be the goal for most films. But yeah, it's still the most prestigious, it feels special, yeah. You know, a lot of times British filmmakers are really so focused about getting into Cannes or Sundance, you know, it might be better to start in the UK and get some love for a film here. BFI London Film Festival, Edinburgh, Glasgow. Um, I mean, something to mention about Edinburgh is great, obviously, but Glasgow gets bigger audiences than Edinburgh. People don't even think about you know, submitting their film to Glasgow a lot. I think it's, re it's great cinemas, great people. You know, it's not a big industry festival. Um, if, I noticed there are quite a few genre projects here, something like Fright Fest. You know, if you've got a great genre film, going to Fright Fest and getting 50 bloggers to start tweeting about it is better than trying to show it in Cannes. Um, sort of know your audience, know what you're looking for, but also great festivals, Cambridge, Leeds, Bradford, Raindance can offer you a London premiere. Loco, the comedy festival, if you're making a comedy, that's your audience. BFI Flair for LGBTQ plus films. Uh, Dinard is a British film festival, but it's in France. How cool. 
what a great experience. They get these amazing audiences to come see British films, can be really tiny films, can win awards there, quite big, and you're all sort of networking and hanging out together for dinner and drinks, and it's a really lovely experience. Europe, continental Europe, has a lot of great festivals, not just Cannes. If you've got the right kind of film, going to Warsaw with it might be great. Thessaloniki in Greece is fantastic. Torino has also a lab connected. Talon, Sophia, Les Arcs. You know, Rotterdam, especially for more experimental films, is amazing. Locarno, you can get 8,000 people watching your film on a big screen. Asian film festivals, we don't think of as being, you know, that interested in British film, but quite a few of them are. I mean, I've got Sydney in here as Asian and Melbourne. You know, they, they love English language cinema, obviously, but, you know, Busan, we always send a couple of films to Busan every year, and they have a really amazing experience. There's so many good festivals in the U.S. and beyond. A lot of them are really open to British films. You know, South By is amazing. Something like Chicago has been really supportive of British films. Just to mention, you know, something like New York Film Festival, don't even worry about it, because if they find your film and like it, they're going to invite it. It's so prestigious. Um, some great ones, a genre festival like Fantasia in Canada. Uh, Palm Springs is an amazing festival, both a short festival and a feature festival. You know, it's a couple hours to LA, driving. People love going out to Palm Springs. A lot of the Oscar voters go out there. There's some standalone markets. These will usually be where you're presenting a new project or you're buying and selling. IFP in New York is a really good one. It usually happens just after Toronto, so you can kind of do both. Film art in Hong Kong, AFM in LA, the London screenings here in London. Um, and in a few weeks in Buenos Aires, Ventana Sur, which is obviously more for Latin American projects, but it's interesting, it's the same guy who runs Cannes Market, runs that. So if you want to go tango the night away with Jerome in Buenos Aires, maybe he'll be nice to you in Cannes. Uh, Co-production markets, uh, Rotterdam Cinemart was the, the first one originally. I just mentioned IFP, Berlin has one, Fantasia. Film London has the production finance market here. Galway, lots of pitching sessions, which I, mostly in the doc world, they're quite open about pitching. It's kind of like Dragon's Den. You go up, you pitch your film. Some people, some funders will say, oh, it's not for us, but I, how are you gonna do this? And it's really invaluable, I find, to watch those things. Just watching what makes a good pitch when you can sit and see other people doing it. Plenty of festivals and markets to consider then, and plenty of different reasons for wanting to attend them. It's also important to remember that, for all of your planning and strategy towards this, it's not always in your hands. No film will have a straight festival strategy. Partially, and as a control freak, this drives me crazy, you can't control it. Of course you can sit down and say, I'm going to premiere my film and in Locarno. I'll just start easy with Locarno and then I'll go to LFF and then I'll go to here. Well, they've all got to agree that they like your film or they like the place or it's already on time. Hats off if you can spend years of your life making this film and you want the best life for it. But I think you have to kind of just roll with the punches a bit. And it's, it's frustrating, but that is how it is. And I think the more open-minded you could be, you know, you get rejected by this festival, would have been great to launch there. But you know what? Good things can still happen, even if you're 
plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D don't work. And sometimes there's no reason. So just, yeah, deep breaths, roll with it. Um, even if your film doesn't get a festival, it can still get an audience. But if you're thinking about festivals, there's many different things you can want from a festival, and it's good to sort of stop and think before you're even applying. Don't just knee-jerk, oh, we're applying to Berlin and Sundance and Cannes. Well, what do we want? You could want audiences of a certain type. You could want to find a sales company at a festival. You know, be open-minded of who you want to reach where. You might want reviews. You might want, at the end of this sort of year of your festival, you might want to be pitching your next project. You might go to Australia, to Melbourne, because you really want your film to get distributed in Australia, and you know those Australian distributors are there, and if the screening goes well, they can see it with the local audience and love it. You might just want to be bonding with other filmmakers, which is really part of this world. Like I was saying, we're not all just watching Netflix links. We want to go out there, meet your peers that you're going to work with for the next 20, 30 years. Don't be afraid to say, oh, we want to walk down a red carpet. You know, especially if you've got sort of an EIS or your investors have never done this before, they really want that red carpet moment. You can give it to them at some festivals or make your own red carpet. Um, and the last one, people sort of laugh when I say it, but I've been to the Bahamas Film Festival, the Bermuda Film Festival, the Aruba Film Festival, Cartagena, I mean, all these amazing destinations. Of course, that's not, you know, you don't choose a beach destination festival for your world premiere, maybe. but. You've been working really hard, you don't make any money, and gosh, don't you deserve a few days at the beach while you show and watch films? Um, you do need to think about your world premiere. You can't put the cat back in the bag, as we say in America. Um, you know, once it's out, it's had a world premiere. People sort of have said like, oh, well, I had a, my world premiere at Galway, but you know, it was just not that many people there. So I can have my like real world premiere somewhere else. No, you can't. Festivals are quite keen about this, and they're really good about searching. So don't lie to anybody. Nobody likes to feel dumb being found out. Um, you would get a publicist, usually. If you don't have a budget for a publicist, there's other things you can do, especially if you're going to a smaller festival. If you're going to Aruba, there'll be a publicist for the festival. Meet them. But if you're going to Toronto, you need a publicist to help cut through the noise. If you're going to Cannes, you'll need a publicist. You really have to spend time on the materials, the stills, the posters, your website, or even just your synopsis, your description. And that's no matter if you're going to Cannes or you're going to you know, Leeds. Gotta have the right info. Every festival, you would hope, is decent. Somebody selected your film there. So somebody that works there sat in a meeting with other people or on a lengthy email and said, oh, I really, I really love this film or we need to show this film because of this reason. Find out who your champion was, meet them, have a coffee. Maybe they'll buy you a beer, maybe you buy them a beer. They've got time to meet filmmakers, no matter how busy the festival is, they wanna meet you. Consider if you wanna get a review out of your festival, you're gonna maybe think about a Vimeo link, maybe even send it before the festival, say, oh, you know, you're probably flying and got a long flight, you can download my film here and watch it on the flight. Uh, contact people before the festival. Because once you get on the ground, maybe your Wi-Fi's broken, everybody's running around. You would be shocked though that at 90% of festivals I go to, and it's really, it's the smaller one. You know, in Toronto, I'm getting emails from PRs every day and Cannes, you know, everything. But if I'm going to the Reykjavik Film Festival, which is good, 
not a single person will say like, hey, I noticed you're going to be in Reykjavik. Here's the times my film is screening. I hope we get to meet. That's all you need to say. Nobody does that. So find out who's going to be at the festival, who you want to meet, just drop them a line, and then when you do meet them on the shuttle bus, you're like, oh, you, I want to come see your film. At the end of Wendy's talk, I sat down with her for a quick chat to get some top tips and words of advice for producers. One key piece of advice for an emerging producer or director would be have a plan B. You know, this is a business you cannot control. Um, and I'm so in admiration of how producers can persevere so much. This piece of financing falls out, they'll have to go get another one. The same thing goes with festivals. Of course your film might be good enough for Cannes, but if Cannes rejects it, you can go to another festival. That film's life is not over. So it's about having a sort of backup plan, being flexible about who likes your film and when, uh, sort of rolling with the punches. You can't control which festival is gonna take your film, no matter how good it is. So don't get too caught up and feeling that, oh, I'm a total reject if this film hasn't gotten into this A festival, you might end up better off going to 20 B festivals. And just to mention, when a producer is thinking about what festivals they should aim for, which ones they want to even submit to, partly it's timing. You know, if you've got a film that's ready in the spring, you might not want it to sit on the shelf until Berlin in February. You might want to go ahead and submit it to a summer festival like Edinburgh, um, you might want to wait for an autumn festival like LFF. Uh, so timing is one thing. You also don't want to rush it. You don't want to submit your film to Cannes at their deadline in March when you have three more months of work to go on the film. That's not a good idea either. Uh, so I think it's about what, what are your aims? Do you want an audience? Do you want more of an industry connection with this film? Do you want just to walk down a red carpet. That's a valid reason for choosing a festival. Do you want to watch the film and do lots of interviews? Okay, there's lots of festivals that have lots of press there. There might be one where you're doing a world premiere and you want to get a review and you want to get a deal for that film. Festival number 50, you just want to see it with a local audience and see what the Q&A is like. Would you say that quite often the market at a particular festival not, might not necessarily be the most appropriate when it comes to selling your film or pitching your film. Um, different festivals have different personalities and you might choose one for one thing and one for another. You know, if you take your film to Cannes and you're invited to Cannes Directors Fortnight, you're going to get some amazing press. You'll, you might get some deals off the back of that. But if you're going to a smaller festival, it might just be about seeing the film with an audience. There are places also you can take a film to a market that doesn't even have a festival attached, like the American Film Market in LA in November, the AFM. People are just buying and selling movies. Nobody's really watching that many whole movies. It's not an artistic experience. It's people running around a corridor buying and selling films. Uh, so I think it's about knowing what you want from each festival. Like if you are going to Cannes, you might want to win a prize and get the critics on board. If you're going to Berlin, it might be more about selling it in the, in the EFM, the market at Berlin. Uh, so it's each festival you could have a different aim. Wendy's session really did get the producers thinking about each of their projects and their priorities and strategy approaching EFM. But who are some of the people participating in Market Trader this year? My name's Lynn Waite. I run Early Day Films and the project that I've been working on mainly here is one called Bait. Lynn explained why she applied to come onto the Market Trader programme. 
It's absolutely perfect timing because we've made this film, we've got a slate of others ready to go, but this is our first time going through the markets with a product that's ready to go. And so the mix of input from industry professionals and getting a mentor has been really important. We're so close to the project that we can kind of pull everything apart and go, right, okay, this is, this is what we're selling, this is what's important, this is what we need to say. And so I think it's working out the conversations that we need to have next in order to sell the project. We've had the conversations that allowed us to raise the money, get the amazing crew and cast together, and now it's about getting it out there so everybody can see the amazing cast and crew. <laughs> we also heard from another producer, Nottingham-based Anna Griffin. My name's Anna Griffin. I wanted to be a market trader because um, actually my colleague had done it two years ago, I think, and just got so much out of it. I do really like the business side of things, but there's loads I need to learn. And I've been to pitching forums before, um, but I've never, I've always just sort of had relaxed meetings with people. And the project I've got at the moment is very much ready to start packaging, start going out and start enticing people. Anna explained how she has benefited from the programme and, in particular, the pitching sessions. Everything's been amazing. I mean, just having Julia and B, who know everything, and they've got contacts with everybody. All the mentors are amazing. Helping people with their pitches. All the stories on here are really fantastic. All the producers are super talented. I think as soon as you hear the word pitch, you kind of go, oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And you kind of get flustered and you say things in a way that you wouldn't naturally say them. So I think it's just learning that actually a pitch, like David Pope said yesterday, a pitch is more conversation. It's about telling stories. And if you can get psychologically out of that zone, it's much easier. Um, and I think it's quite good to have projects that are at different stages because like mine's at script stage but we've done a lot of development so I can talk to people about the process they're about to go through and the same with someone who's got a fully fledged project and they're ready to take it out into the world they can teach me how they got just to the financing of it anyway so it's a bit of a round circle of how it all works which I think works really well rather than everyone being at the same level. As well as participating in this year's Market Trader Anna Griffin is also the recipient of this year's Simon Ralph Memorial Bursary. The bursary was created in memory of distinguished producer and former chairman of BAFTA, Simon Ralph CBE, who passed away in 2016. He was an enthusiastic supporter of new filmmakers and new voices, and his passion was critical to the profile and growth of independent British cinema. Ralph was also one of the founders of Creative England's film development programme, iFeatures. Whilst there are numerous awards, bursaries and programmes for writers and directors, there is very little overt financial support available for producers, especially those living outside of London. The bursary of £20,000 from Creative England aims to enable a new or emerging independent producer to develop their slate of projects and support their career development. Anna spoke about what receiving the bursary means for her. It's going to help me hugely. I mean... I work part-time for a production company, Wellington Films, and then a couple of years ago I set up my own production company called Griffin Pictures, but I'm only getting paid three days a week at the moment, depending on my workload, maybe four, and that's really tough. So this bursary will just help me be able to settle and think and strategize and spend the time I need to think about my company and the projects I want to bring in. One of them being an adaptation of a book that I've wanted to get off the ground for such a long time, but with adaptations, you really need that seed money. 
and it's difficult to get seed money out of developers or development funds because they want to see that you've already got a little bit of the package already, so it's a bit of a chicken and egg. So with the seed money, I can option the book, I can pay the writer to do a first draft of the treatment and the legals that will surround that, and then with that, I can go for further development money with a proper package. So I've been at a sort of standstill with it, but now it's going to get its oomph. In addition to the financial support, Anna will also receive ongoing support and mentorship from a group of industry leaders, including renowned producer and director Stephen Woolley and Working Titles co-chairman Tim Bevan. For more information about the Simon Ralph Memorial Bursary, you can visit creativeengland.co.uk. Providing support for emerging film producers is crucial for the future of our industry. Whether it's financially, educationally, or with mentoring or development programmes like Market Trader, giving producers an opportunity or platform to learn has never been more important. I caught up again with Hayley at Creative England to hear a little bit more about this. I think quite often in the industry, um, these support programmes are focus much more on what's seen as the creative talent, so the writers, the directors, and developing that talent. And I think the producers are quite often the unsung heroes. Um, you know, they're the people that make these projects happen. They bring the vision to life. And also, ultimately, the producers are our next generation of production companies. And so through programmes like Market Trader, what we're trying to do is get producers to think about the bigger picture, not only with their slate, but also in terms of their business going forward um, and how they can sustain that business so that they can carry on making great films. Well, that's it for this episode, but we'll be back very soon with another episode checking in with our iFeatures filmmakers on their progress of their screenplays as the deadline for submissions fast approaches. Thank you for listening to the episode. I've been your host, Andy Johnson. If you'd like to get in touch about anything you've heard on the podcast, we can be found on Twitter at Creative England or at iFeatures UK. And please do leave us a review and rating on your podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe to the series as well. And the next month's episode will just drop into your feed when it's released. This podcast is brought to you by Creative England a national body that invests in creative talent and businesses across film, TV, games and digital media to help turn ideas into reality. This podcast was created and produced by Tonality Media and hosted by me, Andy Johnson. Market Trader is part of Creative Enterprise, a programme created to make the moving image sector more sustainable by supporting screen businesses through training, mentoring and building of networks developed with national lottery funding from the BFI. You can find more information about Creative Enterprise on the Creative England website.